the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One down, 19 to go. Yep, the Hall of Fame game in Canton was supposed to be pretty special. Special uh, weekend, actually, for the Steelers uh, on August 6th. Uh, Troy Palomalo, Bill Cower, Donnie Shell going into the Hall of Fame. The Steelers playing the Cowboys. Well, that's all been canceled and rescheduled for next year. So, on this radio program, we've been talking about how the return of sports is important because the return of sports uh, will be a sign of things returning to normal. I've also been saying that I will believe that uh, sports have returned or are returning when I see it. I don't see it right now. The NFL has decided that it's unsafe to play a game in Canton in a 20, I think it's about a 20,000-seat stadium up there. So they play high school games there uh, on August 6th. That's the first of five exhibition games scheduled for the Steelers. They play their second one. They're supposed to play their second one on August 13th. So does that mean that the NFL has decided six weeks from now it will be unsafe to play a football game, but it will be just fine in seven weeks? A week later it's going to be okay? So what are the chances of the NFL risking massive death, apparently, in order to play meaningless uh, and, and, by the way, excruciatingly boring preseason games in August. I mean, if they know right now that it's unsafe to play six weeks from now, how are they going to be okay seven weeks from now? It, it just makes uh, no sense. And, uh, and, and why would anybody believe that based on what's going on right now, the regular season is going to start on schedule in September? And if it's not safe for the NFL to play a football game in Canton on August 6th, Maybe somebody could explain to me how could it be safe for Major League Baseball teams, NBA teams, and NHL teams to be playing games in August. I think I think all of them are supposed to open their seasons in August. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, he's a safety for the New Orleans Saints. He said today that he thinks the uh, the players are at too much risk, and he said uh, football is a non-essential business. He doesn't sound like a guy uh, all that interested in playing football a month from now. Some NBA players have already said that they're not going to play when the season starts up again in Orlando, Florida next month. So if sports is any indication, and I think they are, uh, we are a long way from returning to anything close to normal. In our second half hour, we're going to talk to an expert about the data that are out there and what it means or should mean about our chances of returning to normal. Meanwhile, speaking of returning to normal... Uh, there's still plenty of insanity out there with the demonstrations and the rioting and the humoring of Black Lives Matter, statues still being toppled, uh, names being changed, by the way. In case you haven't heard, the Dixie Chicks, one of the more irrelevant, uh, irrelevant um, music acts in uh, on the planet right now, the Dixie Chicks are the latest to change a name. From now on, they will be known as the Dixie Girls. Now, actually, they'll be known as just the Chicks. We don't know how the feminists are reacting to that. But when we come back, we're going to talk to a black woman who's running for a seat in the U.S. House right here in Pennsylvania, down in Montgomery County. She says the biggest problems for blacks are caused by white liberals. We'll talk to her when we come back. Stick around. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is a central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place. The film about Corrie ten Boom and her secret army of teenagers' heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Corrie's story was made famous by her book and original movie produced by the Billy Graham Association. Now, 45 years later, comes Return to the Hiding Place. The untold, behind-the-scenes true story of Corrie's secret army of student teenagers' efforts 
missions to rescue Jewish people. Told by Hans Poli, one of Corey's teens in the resistance, Return to the Hiding Place is an action-packed film of the Dutch underground's true breathtaking rescue of an entire orphanage of Jewish children. Return to the Hiding Place, starring John Rhys Davies. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code Pittsburgh. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Due to historical content, might not be suitable for younger audiences. We're all thinking a lot about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. windowsrspittsburgh.com. Lately, the stock market has been a roller coaster ride, going up and down. Will the upcoming election or the spread of the coronavirus cause another drop? No one knows, but before it does and potentially affects your retirement income, make sure your retirement portfolio is prepared for a market correction. Make an appointment with the Synergy Group. Roy and Jason Locks and the team at the Synergy Group have, since 1988, seen markets rise and fall, and they can help you weather a future storm. At your first meeting with the Synergy Group, it's a get-to-know-you meeting. Relaxed, no pressure, no hype friendly. Roy and Jason Locks think it's important to get to know you and what you envision for your retirement. Plan now so you can be prepared no matter what storms are on the horizon. Schedule a visit today at 412-673-7760. The Synergy Group, 412-673-7760. Securities offered through JW Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through JW Cole Advisors. JW Cole Financial and JW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group Incorporated. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the stupidity is still on parade around the country. Sad thing is that uh, some, maybe even a lot of it is well-intentioned, I guess. The intention is to end police brutality and end discrimination against black people, both worthy causes. But it's still a lot of stupidity out there. Kathy Barnett has seen way too much of it. She's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 4th District, and she's the author of Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. And Kathy joins us now. Thanks for being here, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. So we talked to you back in February. That's about five months ago. And we talked about your book, uh, and about being black and conservative in America. Has it changed much since February? Yes. Uh, well, only in that now my book is reading like prophecy. Uh, all throughout my book, I was giving warning after warning, harbinger after harbinger of what would happen to mainstream America as liberal ideology becomes a stronghold in our nation. Uh, for example, one of the things I talked about all throughout the book is as a black person, having grown up in predominantly black communities, I had a front row seat at looking at the failed liberal policies absolutely devastate the black community. And so one of my warnings to, uh, to the broader culture that if you look at the black community as a microcosm, of what happens when liberal ideology is allowed to flourish. What you see is a community that is devastated, broke, uh, broken and bruised, and left on the precipice of complete failure. And my warning was is that as we allow liberal ideology to become more and more of a mainstream in our politics and our education and our media and throughout our culture, we're going to see that same level of chaos and destruction spill out of inner cities and onto the main street of America. And right now, that's literally what we're watching. I was watching um, 
Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson, and they were just beside themselves at the level of violence and intimidation and instability um, that is running all throughout our nation. And at that particular time, they were looking at right across the street from the from the White House and Lafayette Park. You just see tremendous amount of mayhem, frustration, and confusion. And the thought hit me is that that level of violence and intimidation and instability. That happens every day within predominantly black communities. Just look at Chicago just over this past weekend. They had over 104 shootings, leaving 14 people dead. This level of of mayhem that we see on the streets of Main Street America, it happens all the time, but it follows liberal policies. Everywhere liberals go and their ideology become mainstream, they leave behind them a wake of frustration, chaos, confusion, instability, and intense levels of violence. And so right now I'm looking at my book, reading through it again, and it's reading like prophecy. Yeah, the, the title of the book, again, is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. So, uh, Kathy, if what you say is true, then why are you in the minority, in the minority? Why are you, the? Uh, I mean, uh, the, based on the, um, the voting habits of people in those communities, black people in those communities, um, they keep voting for liberal uh, Democrats. So why isn't it I sinking mean, in? Yeah, well, you know what? It's not just not sinking in for predominantly black communities, but look at the broader American community. It's not sinking in there either. It's not sinking in that liberal ideology does not work in real time. Socialism sounds wonderful on paper, in theory, in your dreams, but in reality, socialism does not work. And yet, not just in the black community, but now all across our country. Look at Seattle, Washington. It has completely been commandeered by a liberal left ideology. And mm-hmm. you have the, the mayor there saying, oh, it's just a love fest. Or as we saw from one liberal mayor after another, when these riots were sweeping across our nation, you saw them saying, oh, let's give them space and let them vent and get it out of their system. That's liberal ideology. Um, Mayor Bill de Blasio, liberal ideology. So that's what I talked about in my book, is that as we as Americans begin to adopt liberal ideology, you can look at the black community to see exactly what is going to happen for the broader culture. And that's exactly what is happening right now. Now, why are people, I mean, why do blacks vote in a large block, uh, 85 to 90% Democrat, is exactly the same reason why uh, the squad is so popular. Uh, you know, people are not informed on the facts. People are strictly emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people are, you know, highly susceptible to being manipulated because they don't read and because they don't analyze what people are saying to them. So black people are no different from white folks in the, in the sense that uh, what, is hap- what has happened for decades in the black community is now happening uh, in the broader American culture. Uh, and it is because uh, the white community has, as a, as a block, has, is beginning to adopt um, these failed liberal policies, these policies of tolerance, right? Um, tolerance, uh, you know, irrespective of facts. Look at what happened with Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know, they find a, um, a rope, uh, um, um, a door hanger fashion um, um, as a noose, and immediately the knee-jerk response is, see, just more evidence that America is rotten at its core. No one paused long enough to say, well, could it be something else? No, it was just a media frenzy. And everyone, and, 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 and not just, you know, black folks, but you have a tremendous number of uh, white liberals, but you even have those who will lean more conservative saying, well, wait a minute, maybe this is uh, racism. Maybe we do need to capitulate and start bending over backwards and all of these different things. Um, our nation is in trouble. 
And 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 it's not a this is not a good point in American history. No, and I, 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 I the thing of, for, for the the, peop, the white people that that the, the reaction from white people seems to be for what number one fear of being called racist if you disagree that that's a, a guarantee that's out there, uh, but it's right. an over a zealous attempt to uh, accommodate the grievances uh, of, of the black students, for example. Here's an example, Kathy, that I just came across this a little while ago. Robert Morris University here in uh, Pittsburgh just announced that it will change its ID card design, making them RMU ID cards rather than freedom cards. Do you know why they're not going to be called freedom cards? Because why? according to the, according to the, uh, the black uh, student, Melanie Hall, who asked the university to change the name, quote, it has made minority students, black students in particular, feel like we are being dehumanized. Gifting us uh, with IDs that grant us our quote-unquote freedom is extremely poor taste, especially coming from a university that is named after a slave owner. So uh, instead of, uh, I know I'm a white guy, so my reaction to that would be if I'm the president of the university or whoever's in charge of that would be get over yourself it's a it's a word deal with it that's the name of the card go away go study and you know get good grades but they of course changed the name of the card to the i don't you know, know what I they mean, changed probably, it to I mean, you know i mean like maybe that's up for you know debate and conversation and we can certainly have rigorous discussions right i mean like that's what grown people do that's what a constitutional republic allows, affords us to do, is that you may think something is okay, I may not think it's okay, but the point of it is that I don't come and bully you into submission or guilt you into submission, but that we have a rigorous conversation, understanding that we want the best for our nation. But when you come out the gate believing that everything is racist, and that mm -hmm. no matter what you're talking about, you should see it through the lens of racism. But I'm already starting from a position of, you know, we just need to tear the whole system down and rebuild it, right? Because if I'm looking at everything through the lens of racism, where's the good in that? Where can I find the common good or the other common ground for you and I to sit down and have a reasonable conversation? And we're not going to have a reasonable conversation. When we who know better allow the common narrative to be America is racist at its core, there's nothing good about America. You and I will never be able to find a, a common meeting ground with anyone who comes to the table believing throughout their core that this nation is rotten and needs to be destroyed. So that is the reason why I, 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 I vehemently approve of the president, uh, you know, trying to fan the flames of patriotism. Uh, that has a tremendous amount of, um, of leverage when you begin, when we begin to be on the same ground of looking at this nation, not that, not through the lens of everything I see, whether banking or education or housing or voting or government or business or enterprise through the lens of racism, but I see it through the lens of we are not perfect, but we continue to make strides for, to becoming a more perfect union. If I look at it that way versus looking at it through the lens of everything is despicable and rotten and I just need to start over again, now we can come to a common meeting ground. So when the president talks about, you know, having a national parade or when he talks about, you know, not kneeling for the flag or, you know, or um, uh, 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 making people pay a penalty uh, of imprisonment if they burn the American flag. Um, you know, I mean, I understand what it is that he's trying to do because we need to get out there and start competing for the heart and minds of our nation. We have allowed the liberal left to, to, to do a very effective job in winning the heart and minds of our nation. And you see it all throughout with the constant capitulation of what we know to be true in order just not to be canceled in this culture. 
We're talking to Kathy Barnett. She's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 4th District, the first uh, black woman to run there in uh, Montgomery County for that seat, uh, author of, Lose, of Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. Uh, Kathy, you wrote a column at foxnews.com about blacks not having a seat at the table when it comes to revitalizing black communities. How did that happen that uh, blacks were um, uh, kept from having a seat? Who did that? White liberals. Thank you. <laughs> White liberals, Democrats. Yeah. That's who did it, right? And it's by design. And it's by design. I mean, I see it. We see it all the time. You go into these, these uh, predominantly white liberals. Now, there are black liberals as well. But the overwhelming majority are white liberals who go into predominantly black communities, uh, look around, and then they come out to try. They look around trying to decipher what the black issue is. And as of today, white liberals have decided that the number one issue in black community black communities uh, is excessive policing. Now, what's strange about that is that when these white liberals go behind their closed doors in their boardrooms, you would be hard-pressed to find a black person in that room as they're discussing black issues. And if you do manage to find a black person in the room, you will be hard-pressed to find a conservative thought in that room. You will be hard-pressed to find, excuse me, political competition in that room. It is landlocked by Democrats. Even if you just look at, excuse me, even if you just look at um, Minnesota, for example, the entire state is landlocked. Not you will be hard pressed to find a conservative thought, and this is where George Floyd was murdered. So you have the governor, who is a Democrat. You have uh, the the attorney general, Keith Ellison, is a Democrat. You have Amy Klobuchar in the Senate, who's a Democrat. You have Ilhan Omar in the House of Representatives, who's a Democrat. You have the mayor of Minneapolis, a Democrat. You have the chief of police, a Democrat. You have 13 out of 15 of the uh, commissioners is Democrat. So uh, the elephant in the room is not conservative. The elephant in the room is not Republicans. The elephant in the room is that this place is completely landlocked by liberal ideology, by Democrats. Democrats had the opportunity to to, to do away with chokehold. They didn't do it at the local level. The federal government doesn't need to mandate that. The local level in these inner cities can can do away with chokehold. The local level in this in these cities can modify what policing looks like in their cities. They're just not doing it because they don't care. The problem is not really to make black people lives better in those areas. The their main issue is either to gain power, maintain power, extend their power, or any combination thereof. Uh, Kathy, a career politician who do anything different. Kathy, I have less than a minute, and I'm up against a hard break. So, uh, if you quickly, in about 45 seconds or so, just uh, do you think that Trump is going to get a big increase in the black vote? Is that going to happen? I think so because black people are not stupid. But also, Trump needs help. We see what happens when liberals take over either part of the house. It's a sad commentary on where we find ourselves today, but that is the reason why I'm running. I am running for good policies. I, we need to get rid of these liberals out of the seat of government, and we need to put in good people. I am not a career politician. I'm limiting myself to two terms. Please go to Kathy Barnett for congress.com. Kathy Barnett for congress.com and give to us. Hey, thank you, Kathy, very much. I didn't get into your personal story. You started on a, uh, uh, grew up on a pig farm in Alabama, and you've come a long way, and always good to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, and that's Kathy Barnett. She's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 4th District. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The coronavirus crisis is deepening in Arizona, and the governor of Texas 
is beginning to backtrack after making one of the most aggressive pushes in the nation to reopen his state. The daily count of confirmed cases across the U.S. stands near the peak reached during late April. According to a count kept by John Hopkins University, the 34,500 COVID-19 cases reported on Wednesday were only slightly fewer than the day before, but still close to the U.S. daily high of 36,400 from April. President Trump visiting Marinette in rural Wisconsin for a private tour today of a shipyard and also participating in a town hall session in Green Bay. Stocks finished higher. The Dow picked up 299 points. The Nasdaq added 107 and the S&P picked up 33. This is SRN News. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. A lot of towns have a river. Some have two. But nobody has three. Nobody but us. We're Pittsburgh, the city of bridges. 466 bridges. The most in the world. Take that, Venice. We're a renaissance city that refuses to say die. Might as well say we invented ketchup. But the best thing about this town is the neighborhood. The best friend or neighbor you ever had lives right down the block. Great people. That's what makes Pittsburgh what it is. And you have a station that gets that. AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet and being healthy makes people happy tune in listen learn be well am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer wpgp pittsburgh w223cs pittsburgh a division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app smart speakers tune in iheart or radio.com stuck in traffic we've got the answer on the inbound Parkway West, seeing about a four-minute delay. Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Also tied up on the Parkway East. Outbound about five extra minutes from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Also a five-minute delay. Edgewood Swissvale to the tunnel. And we also see an accident out there at Excelsior Street at Allen Street. As we travel along the Pennsylvania Turnpike, looking pretty good there. No delays. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. A couple clouds in the sky tonight with a low 60. Clouds and sunshine for tomorrow with a high of 84. Tomorrow night, some patchy clouds with a thunderstorm on the prowl late with a low 68. Saturday, a morning shower, thunderstorm around. Watch for a severe afternoon thunderstorm. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds with a high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. 
The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. The Steelers Hall of Fame game with the Cowboys scheduled for August 6th has been canceled. The induction ceremonies in the game have been rescheduled for next August. Things are still being canceled everywhere. Uh, Ridiculous plans are in the works, apparently, for the kids when they return to school. And as I said here many times, I will believe that there will be sports this year when I see sports this year. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll believe when I see it. Well, anyway, is all of this necessary? Sally Pipes is president and CEO of the Pacific Research Institute and author of False Premise, False Promise, the Disastrous the disastrous Reality of Medicare for All, and she joins us now. Sally, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. It's a very hot topic. It's oh, yeah. everywhere, 24-7. <laughs> yeah, so is all this necessary, what we're doing well, here? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, when you think about it, there are 2.4 million cases in the U.S. as of today, 124,000 deaths, and over 1 million people have recovered. And the, I think the more interesting thing is we shut the whole economy down. We are in a recession. And 43% of the um, deaths from the COVID-19 have been in nursing homes. Four out of five of those people have been 65 or over. And, um, you know, and, and most of the cases have been, you know, in, in the hotspot um, cities like New York City and in New Jersey and the state of New Jersey. And um, so that's where most of the, the, the trouble is. But to, for, for all the governors and mayors to shut down uh, their economies in, where, in places where there, there were not a lot of um, cases, it's absolutely ridiculous. And now with the, you know, under the CARES Act, which um, expires on the um, on July 31st, the $600 per week extra supplemental unemployment insurance. So many people where the opening reopening of, of restaurants and businesses is starting, so many of their employees don't want to come back to work because in addition to their state unemployment insurance, this 600 a week, you know, we're saying we're making more, so why go back to work? So it's really causing, I think, many people to become more and more dependent on government entitlement programs, and it, it just, it, we've got to open up the economy. We've got to get people back back to work. Yeah, and um, what, what's getting me um, is that I mentioned that the, the Steelers' um, first preseason game has been canceled, and well-conditioned athletes in every sport, including in the NFL today, uh, they're talking about being afraid of the danger of playing again, and they're, you know, they're, some of them are saying, look, we're, we're being expected to take too much of a risk here. Uh, what does the data tell you about healthy 18- to 35-year-old men? Do they have anything to be afraid of right now? Well, no, absolutely not. And, you know, when there's been a bit of an uptick in some of the states and cities like Phoenix, Arizona, and in Texas, um, and in, um, in Florida. But, you know, a lot of these young people that I've talked to, a lot of young people who have contacted the, the COVID. They're sick maybe for, you know, with a temperature and a bit of a cough for a week or so. It's not life-threatening. It's no different than the kind of regular flu that, that people get. So young people are much less likely to get it. It's, it will be far less time that they will be suffering from it. And, you know, we need to, you know, people, you know, we're seeing a number of things that are very worrying. First of all, you know, we're seeing an increase in mental anguish. We're seeing an increase in suicide. And there were, and 600 doctors sent a letter to the president saying that 150,000 patients have had their cancer go undetected under this lockdown. And nearly 50%, according to Kaiser Family Foundation, found that either people in their family or someone in their household have delayed care. I mean, this is, this is more serious if you're, you know, because of the lockdown, people are afraid to go to the doctor. They're afraid to go to the ER if they, if they're having heart issues or stroke. Or, or cancer. I mean, th- these are very um, c- major catastrophes. We've got to get, people have to get back to routine uh, medical care, plus the fact that, you know, doctors, you know, the, the number of patients going to see them has been way down. They're having to pay their staff, and um, it, it, it's very, very depressing, but we have to get people back, back to work, and young athletes. I know, no, I'm a former competitive tennis player. I know Novak Djokovic, Djokovic has come down with, them. I'm sure, a very mild case but, you know, there they were in, in Serbia or in Eastern Europe, you know, partying and doing all the things that young people do. I mean, there are going to be some people who are going to pick this up. But, but to shut the, the whole economy down when 10 states 
were responsible for 70% of the, of the COVID deaths. And as I say, 43% were in nursing homes. And many of them, of course, were over 65. And many of them had other conditions, other health conditions, in addition to having the coronavirus. So, you know, we really, we really need to you know, open up. And the other thing is that, you know, there were great, tremendous predictions of how many people in this country would get the coronavirus, how many would, would be dying. And Como, the governor of New York said, there'd be more than, you know, more than 19,000, more than 110,000 people um, would be hospitalized. And it turned out there was 19,000. So, you know, these ICU units and hospitals have not been overwhelmed, except it's early on in some very dense cities like New York City. But for the most part, even in San Francisco, where I'm from, a lot of the ICU docs from University of California, San Francisco Medical, all went to New York to help, to help out because there was nobody there. And yet San Francisco is still, you know, in a major lockdown. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just there's so much insanity. Um, so what happened to flattening the curve? That was the, that was the goal. Uh, right. Did we flatten it? We did flatten the curve. As we've seen, the number of cases have gone way down. The number of deaths, you know, is, is, um, is, is you know, 124,000 out of 2 million cases, and a million have recovered in this country. We flattened the curve, and yet we're still, you know, in this economic lockdown, um, social distancing, um, mask wearing, um, you know, and the governor of California, Governor Newsom, said that, mandatory that everyone wear wear masks well you know i i think that if i walk out on my street and there's nobody around why should i wear a mask i'm not going to pick it up just you know walking up and down the street so there's right. so much so much has happened it's really it's really a shame that our our country that was doing so well in terms of economic growth in january and february has been pushed into this situation where i don't know it's going to take i think some time to get the economy back back on track and people even in new york city where as you know uh, part of businesses opened up on june monday june 22nd and yet very few people have been going to work they're afraid of getting in the elevator they're afraid of this and they're afraid of that the media has convinced people that you know the COVID is everywhere and unless they're staying home in their own home um you know they're not safe you know what the, uh, we're talking to Sally Pipes. She's the president CEO at the Pacific Research Institute, um, and author of "False Premise, False Promise: The Disastrous Reality of Medicare for All." Um, I, I I keep having uh, battles on Twitter with people, and I and I talk about it here on the show. Um, I keep you, know, you said that they, the people are afraid that the coronavirus is everywhere, even if it is everywhere. I keep hearing about having to keep the children safe and i keep hearing about having to keep the athletes safe and i keep asking safe from what because as you mentioned if you are between the ages of zero and probably 40 your chances of dying or even going to the hospital are so microscopic that it's not even worth talking about but they keep saying that we're trying to keep people safe but there's nothing to keep them safe from if they're not going right. to be seriously ill. I don't get it. Well, no, and I mean, it keep young people safe. I mean, young people, I mean, I think that, you know, the weekend deaths in a city like San Francisco or Los Angeles from, you know, drug overdoses and, and people crashing their cars and, and being killed, things like gun sh- people being shot, you know, these, the risks are far greater um, from dying from those kinds of things if you're, uh, things if you're under 35 or under than, than getting the coronavirus. And as I say, if you're young, chances are you will have a temperature and a cough and, um, you know, for a very short time, and you're going to get over it because that's what young people are healthy. They can battle these things, these things off. And to shut down, um, you know, most of the – to shut down Wimbledon, the t- tennis tournament, the U.S. Open say they're, they're, says they're going to go ahead, but there will be no fans. Well, you know, Flushing Meadow, these big stands with no fans. I mean, I, I it, you know, opening baseball with no fans at uh, Dodger Stadium – I mean, it, it's absolutely, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I had someone tell me, that somebody I know tell me that um, his cousin came down with it, his wife had it, and his two kids had it. They were sick for three or four days. That's it. Done. You know, and, but, right. and, and that's, that's the case more often than not. But who is benefiting 
from letting many, many, making people think, and I still think that the majority of people out there, when they, they hear coronavirus, they think of death. Like, if I yeah. get it, I'm going to die. And it's just, it's just not true if you're not old and already sick. It, your chances are so slim that it's not worth discussing, much less worrying about. I mean, the, the people that are most at risk, as I said, are people in nursing homes, people, people 55 and over who have chronic yeah. conditions. I mean, that if you have, you know, lung cancer, you have um, COPD or something, this, these, and you're older, these are, these are problems. But for young people, my friend is the head of all the OBGYN at New York Presbyterian. And she, of course, because of the people coming in having babies, she picked up the coronavirus early on. She was off work for under two weeks. She gave it to her husband, who's a lawyer. Their children have left home. Um, and he was sick for under two weeks. But she said it was no different than her getting, like, an annual terrible bronchial cold and cough that she usually gets every winter. I mean, mm -hmm. as I say, the progressive politicians, the people like Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all of these very progressive Democrats are trying to scare people into having Medicare for all, having the government take over our health care system fully. It would be a complete disaster. We would have far fewer um, masks if the if the government took over the number of tests would be far fewer and look at all the vaccines that are under underway in, in this country that are being that are coming along very well if the government runs this government can't couldn't the, the cdc couldn't deal with the the proper tests the proper masks the proper anything let's you know let the private sector work let people get get back get back to work and let's get our economy on track otherwise the election uh this november is going to be um a very um, a catastrophic thing for those of us who believe in individual liberty and freedom and making the American economy the best, keeping it the best in the world. Now, um, you mentioned, I think, uh, a spike in some cases in some states uh, and adjustments may be made in policies there, uh, Texas, uh, for example. Um, what do you make of all that now? Is that uh, what's going to happen down in those states where they opened earlier than others? And they're seeing an increase in, in the numbers. Well, part of the increase in the numbers may be because of the increase in testing. So that's mm -hmm. one thing. Um, the other thing is that when you, know, when you start to open the economy, and, and as I say, we have to do it, there will be, there will be more people that will probably get it. I mean, I, I don't know if you heard um, uh, Governor Cuomo at midnight last night said that, that people coming into New York and also into Connecticut, New Jersey, um, if they're coming from any of those states that, that have the um, have an increase in cases, um, hot spots as they're called. You know, people from Texas, Florida, Utah, Arizona. They're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. Well, you know, I just think, you know, let's let let's let people get back. The number of people, as we've been talking about, that are going to be dying from getting the COVID, and it seems to be, according to some epidemiologists, the strain um, is is getting less virulent than it was. Mm -hmm. But we've got people, public health officials, like. Dr. Anthony Vouchy at Al, on the head of the CDC, who are, you know, really scaring people, saying, you know, we're, we're, there could be a second wave, more people are going to die. It's, I just, personally, as an economist, I can't, I can't see it. We need to get people back, back to, back to work and, and stop being so afraid and let, let the economy work. When we look back on this, is, is the debate going to be about who overreacted the most? Well, there's a lot of things we don't know, but I think it's definitely going to be, there's going to be a, a lot of information that comes out that just that will prove that this lot, total lockdown in all these states and cities and counties was, was ridiculous and harmful to not only um, people that are healthy, but to people who, you know, couldn't get, couldn't go to the doctor to find out whether they had, you know, cancer to have, to get their cancer drugs. Look at even Rush Limbaugh said on his show a few weeks ago, he's been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, his, his um, chemotherapies have been delayed. Well, you don't want your, your therapy to be delayed if you have a, a life-threatening illness. Mm -hmm. Well, um, what's the worst-case scenario if everything were to open up next week? I think the worst case would be that it's not a worst case. It would be the best case because we could get people back to work stop depending upon government and looking to government to to run their lives because that is not the not the American way. So maybe a few more people would get it, you know, in, in hot spots, people who are young people who go to the beach and look at all these protests. Was there any social distancing on those protests and the number of cases 
that have come out of these these protests after the death of um, of uh, Mr. George uh, George Floyd um, have been very very few. So you know the, the the numbers just the stats aren't there for this craziness that we're facing. Sally, uh, I'm out of time. I always uh, like having you on. You're an expert on uh, health care. She's the president, uh, CEO at the Pacific Research Institute, the author of False Premise, False Promise, The Disastrous Reality of Medicare for All. And uh, thanks for your information. Thanks for being on the show, Sally. Appreciate it. To be, to be continued. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very much. And we'll be right back. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. I love golf and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all. The lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash-out refinance. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. You all have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with a global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Traveling internationally may not have been a priority for you in recent weeks, but as our country and others around the world start to reopen, we're confident it will be safe to travel to the Holy Land this December. Israel has already reopened to the public while maintaining safe social distancing. In fact, an independent organization recently rated Israel as the number one country on its COVID-19 safety ranking. There is no better time than now to sign up to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell from MyPillow on the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Visit TheAnswerPGH.com keyword Israel to register. Seize the moment to celebrate life, freedom, and your faith by signing up to visit the inspiring Holy Land. Here's the best part. If for any reason you can't go... Cancel without a penalty between now and August 14th. Reserve your spot today and travel to Israel this December with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit TheAnswerPGH.com keyword Israel. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. 
Well, um, Robert Morris has got into the stupidity. You should be proud to know that a local college, Robert Morris University actually, uh, is, uh, has announced that it's going to change its ID card uh, design. They're going to be now called uh, RMU ID cards rather than freedom cards. And um, you may be surprised to learn, especially if you uh, send your son or daughter to the Robert Morris, that this is a kind of stupidity that's going on there. They, <laughs> the college made the change following a student petition to take the word. Which word do you think is uh, offensive in that uh, in the in the two words for these uh, ID cards, freedom cards? What word might be uh, offensive there? Well, it's not cards, so it's freedom. Yeah, freedom is um, is offensive, and so uh, a uh, a student there, Melanie Hall, as her, uh, actually her name, a petition she started. And uh, she said that uh, the choice of freedom cards for minority students who make up 24% of the students at RMU was a, quote, poorly named form of identification. It has made minority students, black students in particular, feel like we are being dehumanized. Gifting us with IDs that grant us our freedom is of extremely poor taste, especially coming from a university that is named after a slave owner. Robert Morris owns slaves, so it's only a matter of time until they change the name of the school. But um, th- this is what you have going on on a college campus. Uh, someone who is smart enough to be in college and old enough to be in college is offended by the word freedom, and she's offended by the concept of a freedom card. Um, and uh, it's, it actually is uh, dehumanizing. To call the card that allows you the freedom to move around the campus and, I guess, you know, buy certain things, get admission to certain things, uh, venues, whatever, uh, that is dehumanizing. And then you have this. There's an activist who's suggesting that we replace the national anthem with, um, uh, are you ready for this? The worst song maybe ever recorded. Imagine. By John Lennon, some some activist uh, journalist, Lindsey Parker, some I don't know his name. It doesn't matter, but it's out there. Wants it to be changed to imagine, imagine there's no countries. That's that. That's it's not hard to do. I'm not going to sing it for you. It'll make you puke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.